Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. Do you want to figure out what Leroy we should talk about? Leroy Jenkins! <laughs> Welcome to another fine episode of Pandas Talking Games. I'm your host who probably plans too much, Phil. And I am your other host, Senda, who probably plans a little bit too little. Before we actually get into the show today, I just have to jump in and say um, I got two cats um, about a week ago. And they're not living in the same space yet because despite being told that they were a bonded pair, they hate each other. I don't know if you can hear that. So this is why I'm actually uh, jumping in and saying this really quickly. Um, one of my cats is currently living in my office. And while I have usually locked the cat out of the office in order to not have cat noises in the podcast, um, today we have a special guest cat. And so you may or may not hear her in the background making little sounds because she has a little, she has a little like smoker voice, smoker voice cat. Um, which she's, I think is pretty adorable, but she's pretty cute. Like, she's pretty cute, but and she's so, very sweet. There could be cat interruptions because I can't actually lock her out of this room, because because uh, she lives here right now and she's uh, she's talking to me. So our cast list is growing. We it's have growing. Um, we have Lily. Uh huh. There's us. Yep. And then Ryan. And Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Like we're like <laughs> yeah. This cast is turning into an ensemble. It's great. No, it's fine. She's sweet, and her um, meow is hysterical. If it's, anybody, if, if oh it winds God. up on the podcast, it'll be <laughs> it'll be hilarious. It cracks like, me up. It really is. It's not like a normal cat, like meow. It's like a no. It's it's <laughs> as if like one of it, like it's a, from the Simpsons. It's as if one of Marge's sisters was a cat. Yes. Like that's what, <laughs> it's really cute. That's what she sounds like. Um, it cracks me up. Like so a Selma or much. Patty kind of it's, meow. It's really funny. And and poor thing, she's got a respiratory infection. Um, you know, I, I picked her up with a respiratory infection, immediately took her to the vet. She's on antibiotics and stuff, but she, she's also like wheezing in the background, which I don't think is picking up. Um, but hey, if you I'm, hear I'm not hearing it. So if you hear probably... wheezing or like just know that's Lilith. Uh she's she's chilling with me. Yes. Anyway. So very sweet. <laughs> She's Welcome very cute. to the show, Lilith. Yep. <laughs> so. She gets to be on the show. Um, her sister, Ida, does not. She's in the rest of the house. I have an office cat and a rest of house cat right now. Yes. Um, also, we should just note before we get started, um, ironically, today's show, which we'll talk about the topic in a second, um, we did not have time. And by we, we mean Phil did not have time to uh, script out an episode this week got away with way for me and I had a family obligation Friday night which is usually my um, dedicated writing time for the show mm-hmm. so we normally when that happens we just chit chat an episode but I really like this topic and I feel like we can cover it without uh, too many notes so we just decided we'll go ahead and do it. But it also means that we're a little unscripted. We're going to try our best uh, in terms of mic control and hand gestures to kind of signal each other so we don't step on each other's ideas or whatever. But this will be just a tad less refined than one of our normal episodes. Yeah, we usually have an an outline, right? So um, our outline for this week is like two bullet points that we just jotted down kind of thing. which is totally fine. And actually, I don't think it's ironic. I think it's actually super appropriate because, of course, as you may have guessed from the intro, we are talking about Leroy Jenkins. So we got an email. Um, months actually, ago. Months ago, which you will know exactly how long it's been when I read you this topic. Uh, so we got an email that says, Dear Phil and Senda, to start off with, I have not missed an episode. Well, gosh, thanks. Um, and if I did, I went back to catch it, so I did not miss it. I have a topic question slash idea for you. Since we are in the middle of the month of May, (laughs) sorry, um, there is a very special day coming up for us gamers. The birth of one, you know it and say it with me, Leroy Jenkins. 
which is May 11th, 2005. Uh, yes, this makes him 17 now. Uh, time flies. Anyhow, to the topic I have for you. Um, have you ever had anyone pull a Leroy Jenkins run off and do something different than the party during one of your games? How would you handle this as a GM and a player? Keep up the great podcast and I will keep up on every episode. Thank you again. A loyal Pando follower, A-Bomb. Thanks, A-Bomb! We love you! So here's the, uh, here's the thing, a couple things we should talk about. First of all, that makes Leroy Jenkins the meme the same age as my oldest. So off to college, <laughs> Leroy Jenkins goes. And I feel like there should be a children's book, Leroy Jenkins Goes to College. Oh, I think my that would gosh. Be, be, I think Leroy Jenkins could have been a children's book like Amelia Bedelia. Right? Yeah, like Leroy, Leroy just runs into things without thinking about it and creates havoc. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, totally sure. would have worked. Yep, yep. Anyway, on the off chance... And I say off chance that you are not familiar with the Leroy Jenkins meme. I'm going to sum it up really quickly just so that we have it as a frame of reference. But this is now there is some speculation about whether this video clip was spontaneous or whether it was planned. That doesn't really matter in terms of the meme and in terms of what Leroy Jenkins has come to signify. Yes. But... In essence, this is a video clip of an MMO. I forget which one. Uh, could be World of Warcraft. Um, it's older. I forget. Anyway, 17 it years also old. It anyway, actually literally doesn't matter to the purpose. It also of, doesn't like... matter. It, a <laughs> guild has gotten together to do a raid, and they are outside of the raid, and they are going through like their final planning, and they're kind of coming up with what to do and talking about like what each member of the guild needs to do and how they're going to tackle this this. Uh, this raid, which is obviously significant enough that they're concerned enough to do some planning before they hit it. Um, And one of the players, uh, Leroy Jenkins, uh, shouts out their name and runs into the area of the raid, triggering the raid, and the rest of the group follows in, and it's a utter disaster. They all get murdered uh, because none of them have executed the plan uh, because Leroy triggers the plan. He just because he just ran he triggers and, the event before yep. the plans can be finally set. Yes. Uh, and it's hilarious whether it was whether it was crafted or not. The whole thing is funny. And it's become a meme because of the things about group planning, the frustrations yes. of group planning <laughs> and sometimes the throwing away of group planning yep. um, in place of fuck it. Let's do it. Yep. Right. Let's yep. go. Yeah. Uh, So that's what we want to talk about today is somebody pulling a quote, Leroy Leroy Jenkins. Jenkins. Yep. 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 Cool. So we're going to divide this into two parts because there are basically two ways the Leroy Jenkins moment comes about. Senda, what are those two parts? Yeah, so you either have a a chaotic player, right? Someone who is a chaos maker. Yep. Um, Or you could have passive aggressive behavior at the table, which is someone acting out um, because of something that they don't like that's going on and maybe not using their communication instead. Yes. And worst case, of course, is both of those. Yeah, both of those at the same time. Yes. Yeah. We're going to separate them, but of course, they could overlap. They could totally overlap. I've been that person. Sure. We will separate them for sake of talking about how it comes to be, what needs to be done around it, and kind of what does it tell you. Yeah. So why don't we start with chaotic players, right? Because this is the one that is... um, it, chaotic players kind of get a bad rap. This is this is something that I've dealt with a lot as like having the reputation for a person who plays Kender. I wanted to define the chaos player really quick. Yeah, you should do that. Sure. So the chaos player is a player who derives uh, part of their enjoyment from acting before thinking and kind of enjoying the chaos that is created by acting before thinking, right? Kender are a type of chaos player, right? They steal things, they borrow things, sorry, (laughs) borrow things without thinking about the consequences of borrowing them, right? Which can often result in hijinks and hilarity. There are Leroy Jenkins 
in in this case, Sprite, of course, is the chaos type of player who has like forego planning. Let's do. Let's right? just do it. Yeah. And let's, you know, and let's embrace the chaos that comes uh, from diving in wholeheartedly. I would suspect uh, call them out on the show because I love them dearly. Our dear friend Gator, the uh-huh. wear Gator, um, <laughs> is also this personality type to some extent in both real life and in play. Um, I have seen uh, evidence of it in both cases of the leap before <laughs> leap before you think kind of. We we found we found him a place to stay. <laughs> we found him a place to stay and break out absolutely. <laughs> so the thing about it is that. The player derives enjoyment from this type of play. And this might mean that in real life, this player has to make a lot of decisions or is under a lot of restraints, controls, things like that. Jobs that have high degrees of precision or accountability, things like that. Um, Not overanalyzing it, but for whatever reason, when they get to the table, the idea of... I'm just going to jump in head first and see what happens. I'm going to push the button if it's there. I'm going to open the door if no one wants to open it. I'm flipping open that trap. I'll take the first card off the deck of many things, right? This is the chaos player. Mm-hmm. And in and of itself, this is not a bad like character type. Right. There are some caveats, which we're going to discuss, and I'm going to kick it to you in just a second to discuss the caveats. In and of itself, being a chaos player is not a bad thing. It becomes a problem. Yeah. When when you start working against the rest of the party or everybody else being able to also enjoy the game in the way that they enjoy the game. Right. Yes. So I actually have a whole article about playing like Kender and like tricky characters like this on Gnome Stew. Um, It's aging a little bit, but it's still accurate to my opinions on these things. Um, And for me, um, in my personal experience, I think the key thing to approach this kind of character with um, is acknowledgement from the rest of the table that they're cool with you playing this kind of character. This is a, a key communication thing, right? Like, plan it so everybody knows. and as a player, be okay with people stopping you, right? So that if you say, I'm going to push the button, right? Give the other players, if they care, give them the chance to stop you instead of saying, I push the button, say, I'm going to push the button, right? Give them a chance to react um, because if it's important to them and their experience of fun at the table, then it's important that they give you the chance um, or that you give them the chance to stop you. Because part of the thing about being a chaos player is basically being um, the player that everybody's kind of constantly trying to control your behavior. And so, A, everybody has to be on board for that kind of experience. Um, and B, you have to give them the chance to, because people will get, frustrated and rightly so if you take over the game by hogging spotlight by always taking a random action whenever there's a silent moment um if you are always the person who's jumping in front of everyone to do everything so no one else gets a chance to do something right like if you get everybody killed if you get everybody killed killed or you use up all their magic items like people are going to be frustrated and rightly so right so to me the key to playing the chaos creating character is that everybody's on board and they know what they're in for and you have an agreement at the table about kind of how you're going to manage that right when I was playing a kender I would announce my intentions and then see if anyone did anything about it right (laughs) like that was the successful way to play a kender be like "Ooh, I want to see what's in his pouch and somebody could like you know at that point catch me by the back of the collar and just be like nope and, you know, then you get like the cartoon, like feet scrabbling on the ground, but, but, but moment. And that's fun, too, right? Like I'm here Absolutely. for that moment of getting my chaotic desire um, prevented because that's a different type of fun. And yep. sometimes, heck, it's more fun than actually getting what you wanted, right? Like, okay. Yeah, in that case, it may not be that you derive your enjoyment from creating chaos. It may be that you derive your enjoyment from the attention of your fellow players. I mean, 
<laughs> I'm not going to say that I'm an attention whore, but I'm kind of an attention. I'm doing a podcast. Doesn't that say something about my personality? I'm with you, <laughs> I'm with you says the guy who has, you know, two. Please pay attention um, to me. <laughs> yeah. So I think to go back to this, um, to go back to this, everything you said, 100%, I just want to, I want to tack on a few thoughts on top of your thoughts, because I'm with you 100, 100% on this. So for me, I think that when you want to play this type of, of character, this is a great moment to have during your session zero to be like, I think my personality type is going to be chaos maker. Mm-hmm. And how is everybody with that, right? Now, certain games, this works better than others. For instance, if I'm playing my, if I'm running uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics and a player in the group announces that they want to be a chaos player. Yikes. Uh, no, I think it's no? actually fine. It's okay. great. Players People turn. Players die. die all the time. Oh, that's true. Characters die all the time in that game. It doesn't Whatever. matter because the death part doesn't matter, right? Yeah, so that's fine. Uh, and also we're in dungeons and dungeons are weird and you're going to push buttons and whatever, whatever. Okay. So that's like, it fits tonally for that game. If we were running a Knights Black Agents game and you're like, oh, I'm a chaos maker. I just like kick in doors, push buttons, like whatever, (laughs) like you're going to get everybody killed Yeah, in the setting of this game. You will get everybody killed, that kind of thing. So the chaos maker fits into certain types of games better than others. And typically those types of games are lower stakes, have buffers for actions, have ways to evade or escape combat, uh, have less are less based on attrition mechanics, yes. right? Like when you start shit in, you know, if you start shit in 5e or 3.0 or whatever, and you get in over your head, like people start dropping. Yes. Right? And at a certain level, that's, somewhat problematic it's less problematic at you know higher levels when you can raise dead and stuff like that yeah but, but at like level still, one people like yeah like level <laughs> one people aren't going to be thrilled with you yep so so there is a time and place for it it is a thing that you should talk out with your group like you said and it is also a thing that you can put boundaries around yes i am a chaos player are there i want to be i want to make this chaos character are there any things that you would be uncomfortable with me getting into before you could stop me. Like maybe somebody's like, Hey, I'm totally fine with your Kender, uh, borrowing things, but no taking our stuff. Mm -hmm. Or the other side to that, which is even, it's totally fine. Even if you borrow in the group, as long as it's not key items for combat, say like you can't take off with my sword or the healing potion or like, you know, right. And that's, that's another thing that I was going to add on to that is don't, don't chaos your way into removing agency from other players. Um, and having, this is one of those learn from my mistakes moments, never make chaos where the other players can't see it. Chaos making should never be something that is a note passed to a DM. Oh, good point. Good point. <laughs> Don't do that. I mean, I mean, you can, but it's just shitty. I mean, like, I've done it. This is a learn yes. from my mistakes moment. Don't do it. Um, Don't do that. Because that is how you get people actually as people mad at you. Yes. Um, because then say, I don't know, like, uh, next session you're suddenly in combat and they thought they had a magic thing on them that they don't have on them. Because you were mad and took it from I was, them. I mean, to be fair, he was kind of a brat. Um, but this is where we get to the passive aggressive part, maybe uh-huh. more than the chaos part. But I do think it's important that we say if chaos is happening, chaos needs to happen where everyone as at, at 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 least the player level, maybe their characters can't see it, depending on how, you know, what discussions you've had about boundaries for your chaos. But the chaos should happen at least at the level where all of the players can see and be aware of it. Players should not be surprised by your chaos. Agreed. Yeah. I think that's Agreed. really so, important. <laughs> yeah. And I think I, so th- that is the thing about the chaos player. The chaos player is all about emulating chaos. Yeah. And doing chaos within boundaries that the rest of the group can live with. Yeah. And sometimes otherwise you're fighting your group. Yeah. And that's not 
I mean, that's it's, well, that's we're going to get into the next thing. In yeah, a that's a, that's a different way to approach play. Um, the one other thing that I will say is um, one of the specific things I would discuss beyond um, boundaries about what is fair game for chaos. Um, and, and that may be, you know, a little bit more specific based on what type of chaos character you're playing for a Kender. Um, it was, you know, like maybe don't steal from your own party members, right? Like, um, or at least certainly not in ways that they can't see and make sure that they, everybody's agreed with it, right? But you can also, um, of course, make chaos in different ways. And so when you have that initial conversation, part of the conversation is, um, you know, is there a specific other person who ends up being mainly responsible for your chaos? Do you have an older brother on the, the team? Tannis to your, the tennis to your tassel right. off? The tennis to your tassel off, the flint fireforge to your tassel off, right? Like, um, or, um, you know, I played a fighter um, in a game um, traveling with like a 10-year-old uh, sorcerer. And she was 10. Um, and she was a pretty powerful sorcerer. So, like, one of us was the, like, thoughtful, controlling, mind protector person. And one of us was a 10-year-old with fireballs. So, you know, there was a specific relationship set up there so that I could be the person who could control that chaos when necessary, right? To specifically step in because of that relationship. So that's just another thing to think about as you're talking about Session Zero um, with a chaos character. Um, is the who can stop? Are we sharing this responsibility? Is it mostly one person's responsibility, et cetera? Like, obviously, it's not going to ever be all one person's responsibility, but does that play mostly shift to a specific relationship? Does it cover everybody? Why are you traveling together if you're all annoyed with this person? Um, that kind of stuff, right? So that is all stuff in session zero I think you have to talk through. But... <laughs> We started to tiptoe into this because this is definitely when I have some stories about being a bad chaos player. It is because the other thing that can cause you to do chaos, especially chaos that everybody else can't see, right? That's that's a key. Oh, sometimes key thing. they sometimes you just do it so they can see sometimes it. Sometimes it's also that they can see, but if you are specifically hiding your chaos from the other players, then there's an even stronger possibility you're engaging in this, which is passive aggressive behavior. Yeah, so let's talk about this for a yeah, second. Yeah, do you want to do a definition? Sure. I mean, passive aggressive is a form of acting out where you're kind of low key acting out, right? You're not directly confronting people, um, calling them out, shouting at them, or anything like that. But instead, what you're doing is you are taking actions that are making things harder or worse for everybody else. Yes. Um, and you're doing it, you're doing it solely to punish everybody else. Yes. <laughs> so this is not great because as you may have noticed based on Phil's definition, it means that you aren't actually communicating what's happening or why you're frustrated or why you're acting out, right? So you're not having a conversation with the other people at your table to be like, hey, don't do this. You are instead of clearly communicating the thing that's the problem, you are reactively trying to punish them for the thing that happened, which they may or may not know was the thing that you're trying to punish them for. So this is not an effective way to try to get people to stop doing that is something at your table that you don't like. Let's just lay that right out. Right. So if we go back to the Leroy Jenkins yes. meme. <laughs> yes. If we put on the lenses of passive aggressive behavior. Yes. Then in this guild, Leroy is annoyed that we're taking so much time to plan this raid rather than just do it, that after too much talking, Leon effectively rolls their eyes and is like, oh, I can't take any more of this. Fuck it. You know what'll stop this planning? Doing. doing yeah. If I go, right? if I go trigger this raid, in, let's yeah, do it. Like, yeah. we can't plan anymore if we now have to now confront the problem. Yes. So... In a very passive, like, and again, I don't, we're not, we don't know what inferring what yeah. the origin of it is, but if we look at it from a passive aggressive lens, um, this is certainly a way to strike out at the people who insist that all this planning must occur and here, you know, fuck it. I'm going to, I'm going to upend your planning because I just did it. Yeah. Now deal with now it. Now deal with the consequences and then everybody which, dies. 
Which, right, and which then everybody's often, mad at Leroy Jenkins, just to be clear. Correct. Because everybody right? like everybody's yeah, everybody's pissed. They're dead. The the raid is a failure. They don't get their loot, right? All of that stuff. And if you think about it, and, and not to overthink this meme, but if this is a guild raid, like people like came home from work or took times out of their evening mm-hmm. to sit down and do this thing, and then you know, one player just decides to go rogue on it and ruins the you know the night for everybody else maybe they later regrouped and tried again but whatever in this moment it's all fucked up yep Um, on top of that people are pissed and now the group dynamic is in disarray because some people thought it was funny some people are pissed at Leroy some people want to kick him out of the group other people are like non-confrontational they don't want to kick him out but obviously they don't want to have it happen again and now your group dynamic is just in a fucking mess right now um, because of this and this is what passive aggressive play does right Passive aggressive play eventually affects players. Yes. Right. It's not a, it's, it's not, it's happening at the character level, but it's meant for the players. Yep. Boy, I, so I have a story. Yeah, tell this, the story. This is, this the, is, this is the real playing. story from from before, right? And and just to be clear, this was the first D anD D game I'd ever played, and no, so it's fine. this is we how you learn these this. lessons, right? This is how we all you go through this. So again, when I speak to this. Do not do as I did. This is a lesson learned from my past that I would like you to avoid. Um, so I was playing a Kender, and I was the person who usually jumped in open doors, etc. Even though I was a halfling and a rogue, and so like my amount of hit points, not the best. You know, we definitely had people who were more tanky for that sort of thing, but being the chaos player that I was... I was doing stuff like opening the scary door in the Temple of Elemental Evil. Because why not? Because I want to know what's inside it. I'm curious. So the particular instance that taught me the lesson that we are harping on about passive-aggressive behavior here um, is that um, I did all of the the work opening a door, checking for traps, putting myself in danger, Um, walked into a room that was some sort of laboratory filled with all sorts of cool stuff, immediately did a search on the area, found all sorts of things. The DM said what they were, and another player at the table says, cool, I'm going to put all of that in my bag. And I was like, excuse me? But did I say that? No. No, I was really frustrated that I went and took a bunch of actions, and then another player at the table basically took all the loot from all of the work that I had just done. Because nobody else came into that room with me because they were all scared of what was in that room. And I was like, if you're sending me into the room alone, then I get all the stuff, right? Like, if I'm the one putting my life on the line, then I get to acquire all the goods. But different player, once I had proven everything was safe and found all the cool stuff, just took all the stuff. And I was like, wow, dick move, my dude. Um, But did I say something to him? No. I passed a note to the GM that said, um, I would like to steal, I would like to borrow this particular really interesting artifact, which is basically a keychain with like a bunch of little wooden rods on it in different colors that we knew was very magical. And it turned out later, like each of the rods when you broke it, um, cast a different spell, right? So it had a bunch of spells basically on a keychain. And it was really cool looking and the perfect size for a kender to be borrowing. So I wrote a note to the DM, did a roll, ended up with that little keychain thing. And then a session later, that player reached in his pouch for that particular item and it was not there. And we were in the middle of combat and combat was not going well, which was why he had reached for it. Because we were at the point where we were about to start trying magical items that we had not yet identified, right? We were at that place that, in combat. Usually a sign, usually a sign things aren't usually going Usually a sign well. that things aren't going so great. So he reaches for it and it's not there. And I start laughing. Um, to say that this did not go over well at a personal level is probably an understatement. Um, what should Senda have done in this, in this particular scenario? Senda should have said... Actually, I found all this stuff. We should split it up a little bit better, right? I'm. Can I take that thing or one of these other things or whatever it was, right? Like, should I? I should have just said something right there at the table when it happened, and we could have resolved this entire situation. 
I will say, though, <laughs> yes. But if we're talking about cascading failures, and there is a cascade of failures There is here, a cascade. The GM true. should have never let you make that roll. Uh, right? yes. The GM, the GM should have noticed... The GM should have noticed what has like what was about to transpire and been like, hmm, I'd like to pause for a moment. Here's what's going down. Like, well, and, you know, this this speaks to the kind of communication and the kind of game that we were playing at the time. We d- listen, we all it's, listen. It's, right. Like, we all go clear. through this sort of weird like we're collaborative, but also sort of PVP like and that we all want. We're all playing. We're all kind of out for ourselves, but playing as a team I through had, a dungeon sort of. I, I assure you that 1980s Phil yeah. GM did not possess any of these skills exactly, whatsoever. Right? Yep. Right? Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not casting shame on the actual moment. Yes, I'm yes, saying, yes. like, I'm saying from a learning perspective, right? <laughs> from the perspective of having played the as long point as we have failure, now played. Yes. The second point of failure is the GM who should have intervened and been like, "Hey, let's take five." Pulled you aside and been like, "Hey, what's going on? Yeah. Like, what's going on here? Like, yeah." And I could have are said, "Because anno- if you're anno- if Senda, if you're annoyed, yes, we should hash have that a out of the table." <laughs> right now, I understand why that didn't happen. I also understand that sometimes GMs like a little chaos. It was right? some chaos. So, mm-hmm. the, in this case, the GM damn well knew. Oh yeah, the consequences of this. Yep. And also knew what would have happened if you'd failed the role and gotten caught yep. and was like, I'm going right. to let this play. I'm going to let this go. Like, yeah, I'm going to let this happen. Like, I'm going like, to let some shit get stirred up here one way or the other. I mean, to be fair, we both rolled. He didn't know what he was rolling for, yes. but he rolled and I and did not, beat and him did not fair beat and your, square, yes. right? Um, Again, passive aggressive very um, passive aggressive but so i i think there's even another point of failure right which is but and this one is very subtle um which is the moment at which the other player took all of the stuff there was a failure on my part to say excuse me you just took all of my stuff there was also a a failure on, on the dm's part to, and I've been saying DM because it was, you know, third oh, yeah, edition D&D. Um, but it, and there was a failure on on his part, although, again, significantly more subtle because he did not know that I was frustrated um, to say, you know, oh, hang on a second. Senda found this, right? Um, so there was sort of like a, yeah, there was like a cascading s- slope of failures which culminated in me being very passive aggressive and using mechanics in the game to try to punish another character. Um, so I'm going to paraphrase, uh, one of my favorite. He was really mad. (laughs) Um, I'm going to paraphrase one of my high school, favorite high school movies, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, mm -hmm. um, with the phrase, Roger, you could have taken your hands out of those handcuffs at any time. No, only when it was funny. Yes. Right. This is kind of the rule to follow for being a chaos maker. Yep. Right. Is like, you should only be causing shit when it's going to make the game fun. And by fun, we mean for everyone yes because <laughs> because in a very narrow scope it was fun for you was, to take that item was, and watch them not have it on them like three sessions later Yep, it was very fun yeah. until such point as it became clear exactly how angry that particular person player yes. was with me which was part of an entire difficult group dynamic um of yes. being in college playing a game having weird relationships forming and disbanding throughout like the people and the players like he hated yes. me at that point he tried to date me later like it's one of those like oh my god college right but hey, what do you do <laughs> but these are lessons don't do what i did <laughs> we again as always are just a series of uh, mistakes yes that we'd like to <laughs> so i have i so to go back to to go back to the original question, I myself have allowed this to happen once in a game where I was also playing a GMPC. Mm-hmm. So I'd not let the GMPC do it. But so I was playing in this game. It was actually the first Sunless Citadel, the first 3.0 module that had come out. Okay, so we were in Sunless Citadel. And the background of one of the characters, the sorcerer, was that he was an escaped slave from dragons like dragons had raised him and uh, he escaped from them whatever and so if you remember in the adventure there's like a a 
there's a small white dragon. Mm-hmm. I think it's white dragon. Yes. Find oh, this, no, like, it's a pseudo dragon. It's like a, I, nah, I can't remember. I think it's a baby dragon. I, anyway, it's, whatever it was, it was enough dragon enough. It was pretty dragon. That, yeah, I did actually that play the, that adventure. <laughs> yeah. So this player started to follow it and take orders from it. Oh, boy. Um, clearly against the will of the group. Yes. And I don't remember the exact details of it, but in some way betrayed us because of it. Like it let it, it let the dragon out or something. The end result was we had to run from the dungeon and we like finally reached sunlight and we almost killed that character. Yeah, I mean. And his yeah. excuse was, <laughs> I'm just playing, playing my, character. my character. Oh, Right. And it was this chaos moment, but, you know, backed by the fact that like, oh, I'm going to do this thing because it's in my background, even though it's going to totally screw over Mm -hmm. the party. And um, we were all pissed, like players pissed. And we wound up having like a long talk about it before we played our second adventure, because everybody was like, do we even want a this person playing? Do we even want this character in the group? Yeah. Ultimately, we worked through all those problems and actually had a, like a really decent run um, with that group, that character, that campaign. But that first session was a shit show because of that kind of play. So, yeah, I am I don't usually have too many chaos players in my game. That said, if I do, this is what X cards are for. Yeah. Like there is long if there's an X card on the table, and there always is when I play, then we can just X out somebody's chaotic behavior if it's gonna cross, you know, if it crosses a line. Yep. The most chaotic player I've had at my table in the last few years is Tony. Yes, but but the Rainmaker. His chaos this and this is this is a defining feature between successful chaos and unsuccessful chaos, right? His chaos is unexpected. But it doesn't derail the game or put everyone else in danger in an mm. I should say in an in an uninteresting mm. way. Let me just say okay. that there have been some times <laughs> where through discussion, Tony has withdrawn action. That's fair. Yes. Like there have been times where Tony's like, I'm gonna do a thing. And then other players will be like, mm, mm. I don't know. That seems like a really bad idea. And then after talking about it for a second, he'll be like, that's probably right. I'm not I'm not going to do that. So kind of thing. part of the thing, again, the chaos is happening in a place where all the players can see it so that you can have yes. those conversations. Yes. And it's not happening from a place of passive aggressiveness. It's just happening from Correct. a place of Tony as a chaos player. And when you have chaos player, it means sometimes the chaos is awesome and amazing and makes the game magic and better. And sometimes it goes a different direction and you have to like kind of reel it in and be like this, this, this right here, this one doesn't necessarily seem like a great idea for the fun times. For yeah, it's cool. Else. And sometimes you just walk that one back, yeah, right? It's You're okay. Just, like, just mm, walk, walk it, back. it back. Just bring it back. It's okay. But that's, that is going back to it being really important that the chaos is happening where everyone can see it yeah. and that it's not happening from a place of passive aggression. Um, yep. That means when those two things are true, that you can have a conversation about it and either at the player level or the character level, have an opportunity to have input agency and stop it if you need to. Right. Yeah, that's I think that's the key part right there. I mean, I think you did a nice job of kind of summing it up. Yeah, I think we've and I think we've reached a nice logical point um, to this topic, uh, really splitting apart the kind of two facades of what could be going on with Leroy Jenkins. Mm -hmm. I like to think it's the first one. Yeah, I like to think that they brought Leroy on because, you know, he just makes some shit happen and it's not the uh, passive aggressive, but uh, the passive aggressive thing can absolutely happen in your game. It's a reality. Um, if people aren't comfortable or don't have a good way to communicate and stuff like that, it definitely it, like these things can manifest in their game. So keep an eye out for that. Like if you're, you know, if suddenly you're on the rise of some chaos behavior, ask yourself, like, are they are they just trying to have fun or like <laughs> are they having <laughs> are they trying to have fun or is somebody is somebody, is somebody, is somebody actually pissed, pissed yeah. and fucking around not, right now? Yeah, not exactly. sharing that. Um, for sure. So I think to just to really put a lid on it and go back to the question, um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
I guess we both had this happen during our games. I mostly have been the cause. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> and I think the key to handling it, actually both as a GM and as a player, is to communicate when it's a problem, right? To communicate up front that that's the plan of the how you would play a character if you want to play a chaos character, and to communicate instead of using passive-aggressive behavior. So yet again, as usual, our solution to all things gaming remains communication. Um, Boy, you'd be surprised if you get that communication thing under control, how few problems, <laughs> how few table problems you wind up with. You'll right? have other GMing challenges, oh, sure. but table management will be so much better. It's much easier. Yes, yes. So, Excellent. Cool. cool. All right. Good job. Good job. Bravo. Pat on the back for having like zero script whatsoever and just a couple of ideas. Uh, bravo to us for not planning today's episode Leroy in a true Leroy Jenkins, Jenkins style. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Just do it. Uh, cool. Let's motor over to the end of the show. Mm -hmm. But before we go, there is a product plug that you want to make. Oh, yeah. There totally yeah, yeah. is. Let's, let's, yeah, absolutely. Let's use our platform for good here. Yes. Right? Let's um, go ahead. Cool. Um, so, and I feel bad because I don't actually necessarily know how to pronounce the name of this bakery. It is O-E-A, which I think is Oa, Oya, something. It looks very pretty. Um, but the reason that I'm mentioning it is because um, they have been at this little uh, festival, street festival thing near my house every Friday, almost all summer. And what they do is they make baklava. They specialize in baklava. And it is really amazing baklava. So if you are into baklava, the reason that I'm talking about this is because they are a fantastic small business and they're local to me. Um, and um, they ship everywhere in the continental United States. So you should probably go check them out. Um, their website is oeabakery.com, and I will put a link to it in the show notes. Maybe go get some baklava for your next game. Just saying. Uh, just to be clear, we're not yeah. being paid for this advertising. No, no, I you just, just like really you like, just really like baklava. this baklava. <laughs> so no, I'm a I I'm, I I've seen this stand when I was last time in Denver. I don't think we got baklava that time we were out. Yeah, it's too bad. Um, we probably should have. I am also in the continental United States. <laughs> as he winks. Wink. And his co-host. Oh, just so saying. The, uh, the tablet wasn't enough. Now I have to ship you baklava too. Jeez. Demanding. No. I mean, the tablet was delicious. We'll talk about that. The, <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, yeah. After show stuff. Anyway. After show so stuff. So I just wanted to call it out because I think it's a really fantastic small business. And if you're into baklava, baklava, their baklava is truly, truly heavenly. So mm -hmm. check it out. Awesome. Good. Okay. Um, in order for us to get to the finale to close out the show, we need to talk about another show on the Mr. Mark Network. And we are going to uh, one more time. One more time. Because we're we're pushing hard because uh, anytime we launch a new show, we here like to push to make sure that we get as many people listening to that new show as possible. Uh, so it has a nice takeoff. Mm -hmm. So send up, give it a push one more time. One more time. And I know the first episode is out as of the recording of this. So not just the preview episode, but the actual episode. Um, so you should probably go check out Thacko with Advantage. Ange and Jared love talking about RPGs and D&D. Together, they share insights into the games they're running in the campaign journal and then tackle a variety of topics that affect the game in the DM's workshop. They're going to talk anyway, so might as well record it. Maybe you'll even pick up an ancient D&D factoid about a previous edition of the game that you will never use. Hooray! <laughs> You might. You might people use are, it. I, I, I've been. I've seen some people going back and playing some 4E. Wow. Like, that's, I mean, it's wild to me how old 4E is at this point because it was still like. They didn't take away your books, folks. No. You can play, you can play it anytime anything you want. You want. Um, it's true. And this is just the other thing I like to point out. If you've ever listened to me on Gnome, the Gnomecast, Somehow, wildly, through sheer chance, you probably also heard Jared and Ange because somehow I've frequently ended up recording with those two specifically. Um, so you will know that they are a joy to listen to. Um, and you should probably go check it out. Cool. Yes. Say, Senda. Mm -hmm. Where do people find us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Pandas Talking Games, which is the show. What? 
Hey, this is bespoke every time, you know? You can find us on, on Twitter, if you're not listening to the show already, at Pandas Talk Games. Uh, you can find us in the Misdirected Mark forums, which is forums.misdirectedmark.com. You can drop us an email like A-Bomb did, which is panda at misdirectedmark.com. Or you can, like, hunt us down on TikTok. Good luck with that. But if you find us and you send us stuff there, we'll use your audio. Like give you the golden ticket or something. Right, it's kind of like us. the golden ticket. Some people have found us. Right. So you can find us. We're there. It's our Twitter handles. And uh, Phil, once they find us in one of those places or succeed at the scavenger hunt slash treasure hunt that is TikTok, what can they do with that information? Just like our topic today, ask us a question, ask us to talk about a particular topic, pick out something that's challenging you as a game master, whatever it is. Doesn't... It really can be pretty broad. It can even be super specific. It doesn't matter. We are very adept at making episodes out of these ideas. We're not always timely. Yes. As, uh, <laughs> yes. Sometimes things as, sit around as it's for end a while. Of September, <laughs> as it's end of September and we're dealing with this May topic. Yep. yep. Um, but we'll get there. That's, that's the risk you run. Mm. Like, I have to. Here's the thing. Real quick, and then we'll jump back into the ending of the sure. show little behind the scenes thing in the division of labor of this t of this uh podcast my job is to pick the topic from the topic pile yes and it's whatever strikes me so sometimes a topic i will go past week after week and i'm like nah i'm not feeling it not feeling it whatever and then for whatever reason i'll just pick up i'll like look at the topic and i'll be like well, I got a few thoughts on that. And then boom, we're off and running to the races. Yep. Like, so send them. If they're topical, we can't promise that we'll take care of them in a topical manner. Sometimes we do. Sometimes I look at them like, oh, yeah, we should do that right now. Sometimes I'm like, put it on the pile. There's no rhyme or reason to it. It is literally just inspiration that strikes. Anyway, our whole goal here, the whole reason we want you to send us stuff is because our our job the thing we have set out to do is try to make GMing easier, more enjoyable, more better fun for you because we want you to run more games and we want you to play more games with people and we want you to go try and play other games. Um, that helps everybody. That helps creators. That helps um, you, your groups, all that stuff. It keeps you in the hobby. That's We've been in the hobby forever and this is like, you know, how we're doing it. And we want you to be here too. I want you to be old and crusty like me one day telling gen beta or whatever i don't even know what they'll call them after <laughs> right like telling them the woes of fifth edition like whatever um so do it do it send us stuff we're gonna help you we're gonna make it better so that you just keep want you just want to keep gming and want to be better gm every time excellent if you like what we do here elsewhere on the misdirected mark network consider supporting our podcast our patreon yes support our podcast by going to our patreon yes, good there you go <laughs> Go to patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons get the Bamboo Lounge, the after show, and access to our Slack Room for Life. Over 100 awesome people sitting, chatting about everything from food to games, technology, whatever. We have some um, weekly Zoom meetings on Fridays at lunch. So if you're uh, working from home or whatever, you can come join us. We uh, we have a topic it's um we have a little chit chat before the topic, but we have a topic and uh, sometimes it's a show and tell. Sometimes it's game stories, whatever. But it's just something where we kind of revel in our love of the hobby. So, uh, yeah, come join us. We'd love to have you. Love to see you. And if you can't do the Zoom thing, just come join us in the Slack room because we're always chatting about stuff there. Awesome. If you're supporting our Slack, thank you very much. If you're unable to support our Slack, we totally understand. There's still another thing you can do. It involves a little bit of your time, which we know is important, but it's just a little bit of your time. If you can spare it, it helps us immensely. Send a what's that thing? Well, you can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice, or just tell a friend, right? Like somebody says, oh, I'm looking for more podcasts. And you're like, cool, I like this show. Maybe you should check it out. Um, that is the most effective way that you can uh, get more people to listen to our show. And honestly, as podcasters, that's sort of one thing that we do um, kind of always look for is to just grow the audience a little bit. Um, the more people who are listening, the more many varied and different topics we will have. Stuff that you may mm -hmm. never have thought of. Stuff that, stuff that we certainly have never thought of, which is why we don't personally come up with the topics for this show. Um, we, we, we source all those listener brains to come up with good things to talk about um, so that we have good topics that are interesting. So anyway, tell a friend leave a rating. Thank you so much to everybody who already has. Uh, we really do appreciate it. 
Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed. <sighs> Say, Senda, what do you think our next show topic should be? Well, I just got an email from Nissa. I saw. <laughs> I haven't read it yet. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Bloopy. Clicky, hello. Here's the clicky. Bloop. Okay, and then here's your silence. Bloop. Woohoo, silence. Have you ever thought of just counting up, considering how awkward your hands are when you're counting down? It's harder to count up. Well, because you're doing it backwards. <laughs> Why would you start with your pinky? You start with your <laughs> index finger. One. Not one. One. <laughs> Two, three, four, five. <laughs> what were you? What have you been doing? <laughs> no, that, no, that's counting down. That's me. <laughs> that's fine. Counting down. But like, but even counting down, like. Five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> I know this bit's funnier for people stares, who can see. Stares at her hand speculatively. What what happened in elementary school there? What did did finger counting I, do some weird thing I with the cult? I don't like, understand. I mean, I understand what you're saying. I just don't know why I There's no muscle memory for that for you, right? Like there's apparently just, not. All right, well. The catch-up, catch, the ketchup catsup thing, the weird counting with your fingers. Like it's fine. Still love you. Like it's fine. <laughs> Thank goodness. What would we do otherwise? Indeed, indeed. Bloop. I am low-key filled today. Just you are pretty low-key. It's okay. I'm, I'm tired. I had my flu shots like two days ago. I don't know if oh. flu and COVID shots. I don't know if that's catching up to me it or what. I, I probably is. My desire to sleep is so strong right now. Like my eyes are burning. Like I have a little bit of housework to do to finish. And then I'm going to go pass out before I make cookies. Yep. Good. Bloop. Okay. All right. Um, cool. Hey, Ryan. How's you? Yeah. How how um, are you? Uh, I feel obliged to warn you that we didn't script out this show, so it might be a little bit wilder than usual. But, you know, put gonna, in only the effort you desire for editing, because if it was me, I wouldn't edit it at all. <laughs> so. we'll, we'll warn people that this is a um, unscripted episode. I'm going to try to do my best to pause rather than filler word. So there may be some <laughs> extra pauses in here, but sure. I'm going to... Not um and ah, because I'm thinking on the fly. I will try to pause my thoughts. We'll do our best. We'll see Sound how it goes. Good? Yeah, yeah. All cool. right, let's kick Let's kick this thing off. Good, let's go. Bloop. Just to be clear, as usual, we didn't actually plan that. But it felt like the right thing to do. Bloop. I haven't oh, read it good. yet. I haven't Here read it go. yet. But I literally just saw it. <laughs> Show me what you got. 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 Show me what you got.